Welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. This is Pastor Ray Brandon bringing daily encouragement to the church, and I hope this podcast is encouraging to you. So you think about your local church and you think about loving your church. Uh, We love our church in many different ways, and some of those ways are connecting with one another in Bible study. And so as we reflect on the passage that we have today, I want to reflect on the Bible study that I'm a part of. But as we get into it, we are in Unit 20, Session 1, Day 4, reading from Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, and I'll tell you about my experience in small group Bible study. Um, Romans 6, 1 through 11 is about sin. It begins with, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? That is a great question. How can we who died to sin, and we died to sin because of the work of Jesus. We talked about that yesterday in association with baptism. How can we still live in the sin that we died to? Um, I think the answer to that, that question oftentimes is that we don't think that we have a problem with sin, and we need to be tenderized, even as Um, Even as John the Baptist was one that heralded Christ um, coming into the world, the Messiah, and the only way to see Messiah is to have a keen awareness of your need for salvation. The promised one who comes to save, um, he's coming to save those that know that they need saving. If you don't think that you are in any kind of danger, um, you don't need a lifeline and you don't need a savior. And so here you have this Old Testament prophet, John the Baptist, preparing people's hearts, preparing the way for them to see um, the savior. And his message is a message of repentance. Repentance is one of those things that takes a lifetime to explore and takes a lifetime to get comfortable with uh, because we always have this sin that is working in us. When Christ died on the cross, he did conquer death and he conquered sin. He conquered evil. And that work is being applied. And so while someone is saved, they are washed, they are clean positionally, there still is the condition of sin. We will not be sinless until we are glorified, but we are written in the book of life as if we are glorified right now, but it is still a process. And oftentimes, um, Christians, especially those that have grown up in the church and there's and have been around the Bible and we get really familiar with things, we don't believe that there is a need for repentance. Um, our sin is not that bad. Um, you know, we go to work, we um, raise our families, we make particular sacrifices for other people, we do good things, and we don't think very much about our sin. But these words in Romans, they pierce our heart if we will allow them. Because what the, what the words that are written here, they get to uh, a motive. And, and the New Testament is really very clear about the heart of men and women. In fact, the last line of 1 John um, it, it commands us. It says this, Beloved children, keep yourself from idols. 
So you have a hundred and five verses in in First John um, on living in a vital fellowship with Jesus, the Son of God. How on earth does that unexpected command merit being the final word? This is the final word in that in that book. And and here, um, almost in the middle of of Romans, here you have. Um, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Um, idolatry, when we look at the Old Testament, is the characteristic and summary word for the, the Old Testament. But it's also a summary word for humanity and humanity's drift from God. And we see a New Testament word um, that is similar. It's desires. Desires is the characteristic and summary of the New Testament for that same drift. Both are shorthand for the problem of human beings, idolatry and desires. And, and I think that's a we understand that better than idolatry. We think of idolatry as this external, um, made out of stone or wood, uh, carving that somebody's bowing down to. But idolatry really is a problem of the heart. It's a metaphor for human lust, craving, yearning, and greedy demand. And, and it comes out in us. Um, we have a problem with desire in our heart. And that's what we, sh- we, we need to ask this question. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in, in, in these desires that God's grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? The deep question of motivation is not what is motivating me. The question is who is the master of this pattern of thought, feelings, or behavior. In the biblical view, we're, we're religious, inevitably be bound to one God or another. Um, people do not have needs. We have masters, lords, and gods. Think about that. People do not have needs. They have masters, lords, and gods. What do you think uh, is the need of your life? What do you think is um, you're pursuing something? And What do you think the needs of your children's lives are? That is all bound up in who you believe is God, who you believe is Lord. So unconditional love says this, I love you just the way you are, but the gospel is better than unconditional love. The gospel says God accepts you just as Christ is. And that ought to lead us to repentance. I told you I was going to tell you about my, my small group. And I'm so thankful um, for the, the faithful group of, of individuals that uh, gather regularly in their, their commitment to one another. Um, small groups always work like this. I think it's the same everywhere in every church. You have um, individuals that are in, intentional. Um, in, in, by that, I mean they, are, they intend certain things, but they don't follow through. And, and um, uh, small groups oftentimes go through this uh, roller coaster. There's a big swell of sign-ups, and then the people who intend to come, um, come a few times and fall off, and, and then you pick up, and so the group gets smaller, and then it gets larger as um, other people begin to begin to join, and that fellowship around God's Word um, is very, very sweet, and such was uh, this past week, where our small group that is... Uh, 
um, even on small nights is a, is a rather large small group broke up into smaller sections and we began discussing the scriptures together. And one of the questions that we were asking is, what is it in this passage that, uh, here that we need to repent of? And um, it was one of those moments as there was uh, three of us together. Um, it was a, an emotional moment. Uh, there, there, you know, there, there wasn't a, um, a deep outward working of emotions, but it was heavy. It was sincere as we recognized uh, the need for repentance. Um, one person's heart was grieved, and it affected everyone in that group recognizing that there was a human craving, yearning, a, a greedy demand of the heart in each one of us that was moved by the word of God. And such as um, ought to be when we come to God's word. Um, fellow Christian, don't shy away from repentance. Repentance is something that should be a part of the Christian life every day as we route out these other gods uh, that vie for the throne of our heart. Only Jesus alone, only he alone is worthy to sit on the throne of your heart. And these gods are practical gods. Um, they, are, they can be all forms and shapes and sizes. Um, and it really takes the work of the Spirit and someone who is willing. And I would ask you that, friend. Are you willing to really examine your heart today? Are you willing to allow the, the Scriptures to ask this question? Are, are, are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? What is the sin in your life today that you need to confess and change? What I find in my own life and in many other Christians' lives is they just don't ask the question, oh, that the Spirit of God may work in our hearts.